My name is Alan Smithson, your host for the XR for Business podcast, where we interview industry leaders who are either making or using immersive virtual, augmented, and mixed reality solutions for business. From marketing and sales, to logistics and training, to design and remote collaboration, learn how the world's largest organizations are implementing an XR for Business strategy and why you should too. The XR for Business podcast is brought to you by my employer, Metaverse, a global leader in XR strategy and product development. Metaverse has a range of products to help you leverage the transformative power of virtual, augmented, and mixed reality in your company. Our guest today is Jonathan Moss, Head of Learning, Technology, and Sales Enablement and XR Strategy at Sprint. Jonathan and his team propose to unleash everyone's potential by evolving the experience and growing Sprint's consumer sales organization through learning and sales enablement. Concurrently, they are taking on the industry through utilization of technology to disrupt and design learning that is different from what we've ever experienced to date. They are on a mission to eliminate dull and ineffective training. Jonathan is a lifetime learner that continues to challenge today's norms by thinking in terms of possibilities and realities. His team is working with startups and experts to develop virtual training, mixed reality, real gaming for learning, not just points and badges, and has already launched the ability to serve up content at the point of need using augmented reality. Jonathan has had the pleasure of leading teams up to 250 people that span the entire country with operating revenues of $14 billion. They have implemented strategies that have changed the growth trajectory of people and results through leadership and employee development programs, redesigning sales processes, integrating technology for improved customer journeys, and cost-saving efficiencies, creating operational models that optimize profitability and executing on the fundamentals of business using virtual, augmented, and mixed reality technologies. For more information about Sprint, you can visit Sprint.com, S-P-R-I-N-T.com, and you can follow Jonathan on LinkedIn or on Twitter, and it's at Jonathan Moss, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N, M-O-S-S. Jonathan Moss, welcome to the show. Hey, Alan. Great to be here. Thanks for letting me join. It's my absolute pleasure. You and I have, have connected so many times and, you know, I've been really looking forward to this interview. You are a pioneer, a leader, and an industry pundit. You know, the work you're doing at, both at Sprint, but also on collaborating with everybody through the Virtual and Augmented Reality Association is fantastic. So thank you for all the work you do. We can't wait to, to learn more about what you're doing and really drive this message that virtual and augmented reality are not only here, but they're transforming businesses. Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell me, let's start with, you know, what you are doing on your day-to-day basis at Sprint and, you know, what are some of the things you're, you're doing right now? Yeah, awesome. So a few things that we're really doing now is is trying to understand all the different technologies. So from mobile AR, virtual reality, mixed reality, and really seeing how we can utilize it for our learning curriculum. What we've understood is that this is not only a better scalable way for our folks to learn, but also with the immersion, it allows for elimination of digital distraction, as well as um, activating some of the brain regions that we need and we understand from science that will allow uh, our learners to retain and apply the, uh, the, the things that we're trying to teach them better. So we're super excited about the technology and all of its use cases that we're using today. Wow, that's incredible. So what are some of the use cases that are kind of working right now? 
Yeah, so uh, so last July we deployed a mobile AR application called Sprint ARX, and it was our first use case. And really, what we uh, found was obviously there's a plethora of information out there on the internet. Um, phones, technology are ever changing with the features, the benefits, all of the new new things every single time one launches, and also with the competitive nature of our industry. More the pricing continues to change, services continue to adapt, um, continue to change depending upon the plan that you get for consumers, and it's really hard to keep up with these days uh, for anyone to remember. So what we did was we really wanted to activate an experience inside of every one of our locations for our employees. That's where it started, and then we eventually want to get to our customers. So with our mobile AR application, what we do is we have over over 20 experiences in the store that are triggered from in-store merchandising. So the messaging on the walls, the POP, those types of things. And what it does is it allows it, it allows a, not only a training to happen, so it delivers information about a specific plan, a specific product, a, a specific service that we offer, uh, but it also is a really good side-by-side selling aid for them to use with customers. So what we've seen is we've seen our employees actually use this not only during a tran- customer transaction, but also during their downtime and also when a new product launches. So we're really finding that uh, they are utilizing it in multiple ways to not only learn about the new products and services, but also retain the information and continue to come back again and again. So that's one of our first use cases uh, that we delivered. Another use case. It seems like a pretty great, you know, first use case. Our first one, you know, it increased sales. It made employee retention rates higher. Training was through the roof. Like, (laughs) was there any downside to it? Yeah, no, absolutely not. Uh, it was very cost effective, easy to scale. Um, we actually rewrote our entire new hire curriculum and, a- and mobile AR plays a major component. So not only in our store, but also in our classroom. And we've, to your point, we've seen retention rates go up. Uh, we measure that through mystery shops. So how knowledgeable are our, our employees and how confident are when they deliver a product of benefits about a product and service. And we've also seen, uh, you know, increased, uh, or, I'm sorry, decreased speed to competency coming out of new hire training. In fact, our, our learners coming out of our new hire training are actually uh, beating the enterprise in all of our KPIs in their first full month of selling. And we have a lot, we have a lot to say around the AR technology and how we've des- developed it and designed it and integrated it inside of our learning curriculum to, ha- to thank for that. Wow. So this is, you're like building this right in. Absolutely. Yep. It's, it's part of, uh, it's part of, uh, I think six or seven days of our 15 day curriculum. We actually have mobile AR uh, components built in. Wow. So, you know, a lot of companies are just starting to, you know, create POCs. They're, you know, they're just trying to starting to test this out. You guys, you're beyond that. You're, you're rolling this out at, at scale. Yes, for mobile AR we are. Um, for some proof of concept, we are exploring, uh, you know, mixed reality. So, Currently, what we're looking to do is we're actually looking to replace our instructor-led training and all of our product and service training inside of, uh, inside of mixed reality. This will give us a, a, an ability to not only train more immersively, uh, we can re- we're, our goal is to replace our LMS. We would love to replace our LMS, and I've never met an organization that says that they're in love with theirs. So that's what, obviously one of our goals. And what we can also do is we can decrease some of our operating expenses by bringing people in, and we can 
increase our tra- our time to train as well. So we can we can decrease them uh, coming out of the store, the amount of time they're out of the store. We can increase the amount of time that we train them, and then we can deliver it in such a way with the technology to where they retain it better and come out of the experience and, and are able to be confident and sell the products and services and be knowledgeable about them as well. So we're really excited about this proof of concept that we'll be launching here soon. This is really impressive. You know, we almost every single interview on this podcast ends up in, you know, somebody talking about it's, you know, virtual and augmented reality's use in training. Um, whether we're talking about airlines, you know, and, and kind of putting uh, headsets on people while they're, while they're flying, uh, it always ends up to, you know, hey, we can also use it to train our, our flight attendants. And then, you know, retail, oh, well, you know, we're using this for, uh, for marketing, and then oh, by the way, we also use it for training. Are you finding that um, you know some of the other parts of of Sprint are starting to come to you and say, hey, you know, we saw that thing you're doing for training. Can we use that for marketing? Absolutely. So marketing is the one of the first ones to um, to kind of knock on our door uh, to to see, hey, how can we not only integrate ourselves into your existing AR in store experience? And we've actually ran some sweepstakes and some kind of fun things inside of the environment from a marketing standpoint. But now they're actually looking to see how can we actually how can we expand that even broader. Uh, our customer experience team has come to us. Uh, we're working with uh, digital as well. So more and more people are coming to us to kind of understand the technology, uh, its abilities, and how they can actually use it uh, in their own in their own business units. Hmm. Very very cool. It's um, it's really interesting. You know, uh, you know, we, you and I have talked about you know web based uh, augmented reality and, and stuff like that. Uh, you know. Are you guys, is the stuff you're doing mainly on, you know, mobile apps, especially the mobile AR, is it all app-based or are you, have you been experimenting with web-based stuff or? It's mainly been uh, mobile-based, uh, mobile app-based. Uh, we are, we are looking at some of the web AR stuff uh, for more of the digital and maybe some other, uh, some other things for e-commerce. But uh, right now for our training applications, we, are, we have our, our Sprint ARX app that we're typically uh, utilizing the most. So, you know, people are listening, they, they, they get it. They're like, okay, I, I understand, you know, it, it increases the, the amount of time of training that we can do. It increases retention rates. It decreases the time, uh, time out of the stores, all of these kind of features of it. What are some of the challenges that you have gone through that you can share that people, you know, <laughs> that you can share so people don't have to make those mistakes? Yeah, I think uh, <clears throat> a couple of challenges. I think one is... Um, initially, we were going down this route without IT. So if you're a, a larger corporation, uh, one of the things I can tell you is that uh, IT can be your best friend or your worst enemy. So uh, engage them early on in the process. Uh, I think another one is having some, uh, you know, in some of the experiences, not necessarily mobile AR. So mobile AR was probably our easy one. But once we started getting into some of the virtual reality, mixed reality components, is uh, we were kind of doing it at, off the side of our desk. And, and what I mean by that is we had this proof of concept. We, we were really passionate about doing this. We understood the benefits, uh, but we didn't really go hire anyone uh, that had you know, Unity experience or didn't hire anyone that had 3D modeling experience. And so that put us in some snags later on as far as timelines. 
you know, as far as being able to deploy on our timeline, we are now deployed upon other folks' timeline because we were, we were um, you know, had to go source out some of this work in order for us to achieve what our goals were. And then I think the third thing uh, that we ran into was, um, you know, we got executive buy-in, but it kind of was like one of those things where they were really happy about it, almost like the new shiny toy. But then that started to fade over time. And so really what we had to do was go back and understand how we integrated as part of our business processes. So, you know, thinking about this as just another option or another way to do business uh, instead of just kind of a cool thing or, you know, just a techie thing that, you know, someone's working on. Really, how do you integrate it in every uh, workflow or every part of the business that you can that it would be able to be beneficial for your employees and or consumers? So those would be the three t- t- challenges that we ran into that we had to overcome. Amazing. You know, it's interesting that you you talk about those because we get often companies will come to us, you know, head of marketing will come to us and say, hey, you know, we want to do something in VR. <laughs> and you're like, okay, why? And oh, well, our CEO was that, you know, went to a trade show and he saw VR and he said, that's the future. we got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, well, what is the problem we're solving here? What is, you know, is there, like, is there a reason for this or we just want to make something cool? Yep. And, and that's exactly what we saw. Even when, um, you know, even when we started showing off the use, the original use case for mobile AR, which was our, was our first, uh, you know, again, use case technology that we went after, uh, you know, to your point, everyone was like, oh my gosh, it's cool. What can it do? How can it do it? Those types of things. But then again, the conversation started to dwindle. So we had to keep it coming back as top of mind. Uh, and as we built out these experience, uh, you know, experiences in the store and we got over 20, uh, we were able to showcase all the different ways. And even our network team is another team that came knocking on our door and said, hey, you know, how do we unleash um, inside of the stores the ability for customers, employees to see our network improvements? You know, we've had a lot of lot more root metric wins and other network wins this year uh, than we've ever had before. So how can we share that with our employees and customers outside of, you know, email or putting it on an intranet? And so this was an experience that we actually um, launched in our stores. And we'll be doing a similar thing once we uh, once we navigate and launch 5G here in the upcoming uh, next 30, 45 days. Sorry, sorry, say it again. You were launching 5G when? Uh, and hopefully in the next, we will put it out there in the next 30, 45 days. So we should be, uh, we should be in a good spot. Holy crap. So um, today is April 29th. Uh, you're looking at like mid-June, July 1, by July 4th. Yeah, so we've stated by the end of May to mid-June, we'll be, uh, we'll be launching in a few markets. Um, so we're excited to, uh, we're excited to do that. That is really, really exciting stuff. And so, you know, you are kind of, you are probably the best person to ask about this. You know, what will 5G enable for the consumer? Yeah, so for the consumer, I think the the initial enablement is really going to be around entertainment and gaming. And so you kind of see this with some of the... Um, some of the big things out there. Uh, and I don't think it stops there. And I think for some of our use cases, uh, specifically around um, mixed reality or virtual reality, I think it's going to open the door um, for the technology to just accelerate. And I think that um, the abilities that's going to have with the low latency, the additional speed, uh, the coverage, uh, the additional capacity that you'll have on the network, um, you know, some of these things that 
you know, not only transmitting a ton of data, but also that the amount of speed at which that data transmits and being able to, uh, you know, have that low latency, I think is going to be beneficial in many ways. Uh, but I think it'll take some time to, uh, to adopt at the consumer level, as most of the use cases are in enterprise, IoT, those types of things coming out the gate. So, you know, let, let's take that to a practical use case. If I, if I buy a 5G phone and in 45 days I have access to a 5G network, why would I need that? I think the main, the main reason that you would need it is just depending upon how you use it. So you may or may not need it depending upon who you are and, and how you utilize the device, kind of where you live, work, and play. Um, what I would say, though, is if you stream movies, um, you know, if you want high resolution, so 1080p, you know, 4K, even some of the devices that um, will potentially that we've seen will potentially have these 4K streams and obviously they'll keep getting better and better. Um, if you're, you know, gaming, uh, obviously that's a huge market esports. You'll actually be able to do a lot of the things that you do now. And you see via Wi-Fi uh, with these, you know, data intensive multiplayer games, you'll be able to do those on your phone. Um, so I can play Fortnite with my phone. Exactly. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. If you're a Fortnite fan, you'll, you will be in good shape, my friend. Amazing. So I'll be able to actually keep up now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> getting killed because of the latency. <laughs> awesome. So, you know, you talked about your, your, um, one of the challenges being bringing um, bringing the teams together, uh, you know, building kind of everything in house, and, and kind of you you mentioned something about you know getting stuck where you you needed to um, to bring people in uh, and you were kind of on their timeline. What are some of the roles that or team members that you've built because of your work in, in VR, AR, and MR? Like if I if I was a business. And I wanted to build an internal team to do this, or you know, where would it be appropriate to build an internal team? Where wouldn't it? You know, where would it be appropriate to kind of offshore, and who would be on that team? Yeah, so uh, I think it really it really depends on you know your specific needs and how in depth you want to go. So, like for I said, for mobile AR, um, you know, my team was able to handle it. Uh, you know, with the software that we purchased. Um, the, the player that we got, it was really, you know, it, it was really something that was self-learned. Um, so it wasn't that difficult when we got into some more robust, like with our, with the HoloLens, um, and some other platforms where we actually needed unity and 3d assets. That's where we started getting into that snag with not having experience. So in my mind, I would say you can have, depending upon how, you know, the cost model that you're looking at, how much work that you want done and how, uh, you know, how robust it is, you could probably set up a very small team. Um, you know, we, we have a, one unit developer, we're getting a 3D, we're looking at 3D design, uh, a designer to be able to put some of these things together. And, and really, it's just going to be a couple of people that will be working on this. So you don't have to go out and have a very robust team, even with some of the concepts that we're looking at. Uh, it is good that when we went, when we did kind of, you know, outsource some of this work, we learned a ton. Um, and, you know, from it, which was really helpful for us in our in the future and the way we're going to work. Um, so I would just say it really depends upon, you know, how fast you need to deploy uh, and then kind of how robust you need the experience to be. Uh, you could do it in-house or you could outsource it. That's great. That's great in, in advice for people. You know, what are some of the, the metrics and, you know, uh, specific 
key performance indicators that you guys measure for success? You mentioned, you know, time out of out of the store, time to training. You mentioned how you know you test retention rates using um, you know mystery shoppers and stuff like that. What are some of the you know the goals or like how did you measure your success? Yeah, so um, so really, what we looked at uh, was a couple of uh, big buckets, and then we you know we broke those down into sub buckets. So the big ones were sales, customer experience, turnover, operating expense, and so those were the the kind of the four big buckets that we we were looking at. Say, hey, you know, here's our baseline, right? Before this technology existed, we know exactly where we were at as an organization with our learning. Uh, and with the tools that we had. So let's look at those things and then let's see how they improve or don't improve. And so in each one of those categories, like in sales, there were five KPIs that we measured. Uh, And in turnover, we looked at zero to 90 day turnover. And that was specifically for our new hire curriculum. Um, Also for customer experience, obviously we looked at our, uh, you know, CSAT scores uh, when we hear back from our customers. And then for operating expenses, we looked at travel, right? That was the that was the big one. And so those were really the KPIs that we the main KPIs that we looked at to really model out an ROI. Uh, and, and you know what I can tell you with the improvements uh, that we've had, we've actually not only added millions of dollars of incremental revenue to the business, but we've also saved millions of dollars in operating expenses. So um, so being able to model out that ROI has been extremely important for us to continue on and get investment, get budget in order for us to do this. So um, so those are really our ROI metrics. And then, as I mentioned, we looked at some other things like, you know, time to train. So how quickly can I train and then how quickly after that are you able to, uh, you know, to feel confident to sell those types of things? We looked at. How much non-selling time do we take folks out of the store today to train versus, uh, you know, being able to train them in the stores and eliminate that kind of non-productive time? Um, and then also for me and, and, and being in learning, I think a big one uh, that you can't really put an ROI on, uh, but I think it is of huge benefit for this technology is now I'm able to match up the trainer strengths to the curriculum. So I have some trainers that are really good at teaching sales. I have some some trainers that are uh, you know, really good at teaching how to coach or how to lead. I have some trainers that are really more operationally sound. And so what this technology will allow me to do that I can't do now because I'm, I'm bound by geography, right? So whatever trainer is closest to the training you know, location and closest to where those stores are, that's the trainer that you get. What I'm out now able to do is match these trainer strengths up to the exact curriculum that they're teaching to improve oh, our effectiveness. Yeah. And I think that's a huge a huge win for us. And we're looking at, uh, we're looking at some ways now to be able to measure that. Uh, but we haven't figured that one quite out yet, but I, I feel like that's a big one for us. I think that, you know what, you nailed that one because, you know, and I keep saying this, you know, my, my daughter's in, in high school right now and my, my two daughters are in school and they go to math class and they're not learning math from the top math teacher in the world, period. They're just, they're not learning anything from the top person in the world at any point. So here you have a trainer that's, you know, great at sales training, really gets it, really understands it, but is then forced to, you know, to teach six other things um, just because of geography and the ability to use uh, VR and and AR to 
overcome that and really, like you said, let them be the expert in what they do. That is, wow, that's the first time I've actually heard that. That is really, that's something, you know, that if nothing else, that's amazing. Absolutely. And, and, you know, you're, you're spot on, you're, you're as passionate about uh, the education sector as I am specifically for this technology and kind of its current state. And so, and, and I think that um, even in the learning industry, in corporate learning, this is huge for us, right? Because to your point, um, you know, you think about some of the other use cases like, you know, for field technicians or the remote SME, right, for doing work, you can apply that same concept in learning and I can, you know, put the, the right person with the right group of people to teach them the right things. So, uh, and then and, and have that experience, uh, you know, experience kind of translate over to them. So we're super excited about that. I can't wait for you guys to start training the AI algorithms. <laughs> yeah. Is that something on your radar? Are you guys looking at AI in, in training at all? Uh, we are. So um, we're looking at a, at a few things for AI specifically. We haven't, uh, we haven't got deep into it yet, but we're, uh, we're in talks with uh, some external folks about it. But then also internally we use uh, we use AI for our in our digital and also our customer uh, care, and so we're looking at how can we translate some of that, uh, some of what's been built over there, and some of the learning over to into training. So, uh, so currently exploring it, uh, not in depth with it yet, but uh, but yes, it's on our radar for sure. The XR for Business podcast is brought to you by my employer, Metaverse, a global leader in XR strategy and product development. Metaverse has a range of products to help you leverage the transformative power of virtual, augmented, and mixed reality in your company. If you want to keep up to date with all things XR, you can sign up for our daily or weekly newsletter at xrforbusiness.io, xrforbusiness.io. You know, you mentioned how you mentioned how by introducing this training, you've literally, literally made millions and saved millions as an organization. But how much did you spend on developing these kind of these first thing, these first protocols and these first um, experiments? Like, if, if we were to put like a budget, you know, did you spend a million dollars to develop this, or was it you know uh, five million or? you know, 50,000, what kind of, what kind of budget did you start with to kind of get this off the ground? Yeah. So for, uh, for mobile AR, uh, we actually, uh, so far we spent less than 15,000 on it. So, um, so not a big budget at all to deliver what we've done, um, for virtual reality, which I know we haven't spent much on for the really 360 degree videos that we're doing. Um, we spent less than 20000 on that. We're doing some things with like leaders and soft skills and those types of things, some operational training. And then for mixed reality with the HoloLens, that's obviously been the most expensive one. And right now, again, we are we're into a pilot proof of concept. And so far, we spent uh, we spent less than eighty thousand dollars on that one. So uh, total with all of these things that I've discussed, uh, really less than one hundred thousand dollars year to date so far. So, okay, for the, the people listening, <laughs> when we talk about exponential growth of, you know, of technologies and, and of 
these types of things. This is a, a, a prime example of this. You spent, let's call it $100,000 and you've saved the organization millions and made the organization millions of dollars. So is there any reason that you can think of at all why an organization wouldn't start working on this technology? Not one. I've racked my brain around why, uh, why more organizations haven't, right? And haven't at least looked at specific, you know, high ROI use cases, or maybe it's, uh, you know, low effort, high return, right? So even maybe the ROI isn't high, but at least to prove out a proof of concept or a pilot, um, it wouldn't take a lot of expense and a lot of resources, uh, and I just rack my brain around really why more organizations haven't done these things because again we've saw we've seen so much great success uh, from it and we're going to be you know it's scalable especially the the mobile AR is easily scalable um, and so the, I honestly can't tell you one I haven't figured out one yet to be honest. Well, that answers that question. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have you you know have you exposed this uh, this information you know out there like have you been featured in any you know maybe learning uh, articles or media has there been any kind of media generated around this? So uh, not to the degree yet that I'd like to outside of just social um, and internally we did a uh, we did do a uh, a PR release internally a couple of them to showcase it and we're looking to uh, you know obviously broaden that. Uh, scope externally. Uh, obviously, with the VRARA, uh, which the Virtual Reality Augmented Reality Association has been great, and we've um, we've connected with a lot of folks and other uh, you know other members or other folks that have seen things on social and just had discussions with them. Uh, but one opportunity I am excited about um, that I'll just give you a little snippet. I can't I can't divulge many details, but I'll give you, uh, give you some exclusive is in the next couple of weeks, I'll be meeting with Microsoft and we're looking to uh, partner on a possible joint uh, PR campaign with some of the work that we're doing, um, you know, in the MR space. So, uh, you know, they, uh, we've definitely caught their attention and I'm pretty excited about uh, potentially what can come from that. Oh, that'll be amazing. You know, I, that, that's going to be awesome. I can't wait to see that. I, let me ask you: Do you have the Hololens too? I do not, unfortunately. So they've been uh, they've been really stingy on those. So I know that <laughs> uh, some of the developers that we work with, uh, you know, potential have been working in them, and and so um, this experience over the next couple months that I mentioned, or next couple weeks that we'll be up there, uh, we're we're supposed to be able to get our hand hands on them. So I'm pretty excited about uh, getting in there and really ultimately being able to see how we can even transform our learning even more. So with some of the, you know, additional functionality that uh, the HoloLens 2 has, uh, we're pretty excited about potentially even expanding what we were even thinking about doing with some of our experiences. So That's incredible. I, I'm, I can't wait. I mean, I have a HoloLens and a Magic Leap and uh, I got to try the HoloLens 2, but they do, they wouldn't let me turn it on. They they've been uh yep they've been very secretive about but you know for hey for good reasons so uh but yeah I think there we a lot of folks like you and I are really excited to get our hands on it and test it out and see uh see what it can do indeed so what 
you know, of these kind of developments in mobile AR, VR, 360, mixed reality, what are the best lessons that you've learned from these? Honestly, um, really how easy the technology is from a user experience standpoint. So one of the things when we got in this, uh, you know, we were concerned about more more so than, um, you know, obviously we're concerned about the back end process developing and stuff. And I know we've talked about that a little bit, but really user experience. So um, for folks that haven't used AR before or for folks that, um, you know, have not used mixed reality or VR, like what would their would they gravitate to it? Would they be more distracted because they were like, oh, this is great. This is cool. And it was more of a cool factor than actually something that they utilized, um, you know, and, and then translated into skill or behavior change or, you know, education, information retention, those types of things. So we were we we're really concerned a little bit about the, you know, folks adapting to it and uh, and really utilizing it. And so that was really something to me. Uh, what we did was we really designed it to be easy. So designed it to be intuitive to where anyone, even if it's the first, the first time you've ever, you know, you know, done the technology, you know, open the technology, whether it's the AR application or whether it was getting in the HoloLens or really getting in virtual reality with the 360 video, uh, we made it simple enough that, you know, people gravitated to it. And even the most untechie person can get in there and actually know what they're doing without instructions. And that's really what we had to think about in with our design uh, and capability. So I think that was probably the biggest kind of aha for us. Amazing. Um, I'm just trying to think what are some of the, you know, the most important things that a business can do to start leveraging this now? I, I mean, what, if you were to give advice to, to the listeners to say, you know, here's one thing you need to do, what would that be? I would really say, you know, figure out what problem that you're trying to solve. And I think you mentioned it earlier, but what pro what are some of the top problems that you have in your business that you're either having trouble solving or that take a lot of manpower or hours of work to do or that are manual and, um, you know, really say, hey, is there a technology out there that, you know, I can, you know, I can help solve or make it easier for my employees or reduce, you know, the time that they have to, you know, research something or find something. And, and again, that was really our main use case for this is that we wanted to kind of think about organizing information for them at the point of need versus them having to go search the internet site for the latest how-to document or, you know, something like that. And so we really wanted to bring that experience to them uh, in kind of a push versus pull method. And so, uh, and we've seen, you know, again, great, great success with that. And we've even done things to where, you know, you think of, think of this use case. So if you have to fill out paperwork, how to properly fill it out, we still have paperwork that we fill out. Now we can open uh, the augmented reality app. We can hold it over the paperwork and we actually have an experience that will show you just like it, it fills out the paperwork for you and shows you exactly what you're supposed to do. And so just little things like that translate into efficiencies, into less hours uh, worked on certain tasks, uh, less mistakes that we make that cost the business money. And so really, I, I think the biggest advice is, is 
you know, list out the main problems that you have and then really have someone either internal or externally look at those and see how they could possibly be solved with mobile AR, or VR, or MR. I think that's that's really just taking that leap and, and you'll be glad that you did. Wow, that's some sage advice. Moving from advice to the listeners, I wanna I wanna know from your personal standpoint, what problem in the world do you wanna be do you wanna see solved? using XR technologies? Me, personally, uh, I would love to see education solved. Um, I think that, you know, just with the current state that education is in and, you know, looking at how, you know, we teach our youth, but then also we teach workers, right? So that translates into the classrooms that we have in corporate learning too. I would really love to see kind of an e- a learning ecosystem develop for XR, uh, where teachers could easily design curriculum that would be unique to, uh, you know, the student and the student's interest. And that would get it, give them that immersive learning to really, you know, help them not only learn the technology, but learn better, you know, learn more uh, about exactly what their interests are and be able to translate that into the future. So if I, if I had to say one industry or one thing I would love to be solved with XR technology would be education. Well, it sounds like you're already paving the path for uh, for others to follow in. So thank you for that. Absolutely. Is there anything else you want to leave listeners with before we go? I don't think so. I think the one thing I'll just say is to everyone, um, you know, again, I didn't have a background in XR. I didn't have a background in 3D modeling. I didn't have a background in Unity. I didn't have, you know, any, I didn't work at a tech firm, right, that that developed these technologies. And so the reason I say that is because I think there's a lot of people that are scared to take the leap or do research or talk to the, you know, the folks that have been in the industry for a long time and learn from them. I would just say you've got to take that step forward, uh, you know, or you're going to be either miss out or be left behind. And that would be the one uh, major piece of advice that I'd give any listener that has not experienced the technology or try to solve any problems in their business with it. Incredible. Well, I, I personally want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule and, uh, you know, really uh, thank you again for, for being an industry leader and, you know, your, the work that you're doing and, and sharing it. That's the other thing. There's a lot of companies working on stuff like this and they're just keeping it really, really under wraps. And that, you know, while I understand it from a, from a competitive analysis, this, this is literally a huge competitive advantage for, for brands. Uh, and companies. And so I can understand them wanting to keep it under wraps, but this technology and this, this power of this technology is too great to, to be kept under wraps. So I appreciate and acknowledge the fact that you are willing to share that with, uh, with the industry and it, it means a lot. So thank you. Absolutely. The more we can get it out in the awareness, I think the better, the better everyone, you know, people and companies will be. Indeed. So thank you and thank you everyone for listening. This has been the XR for Business podcast with your host, Alan Smithson. This podcast was another amazing example of how XR technologies are revolutionizing business across literally every industry. To learn more about Jonathan Moss and Sprint, you can visit sprint.com, S-P-R-I-N-T.com or Jonathan Moss at Twitter, at Jonathan Moss, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N-M-O-S-S. Thank you again, Jonathan. Thanks, Alan. Appreciate it. Awesome.